0: we're back here for the health of it podcast we're columbia's hottest podcast um and we have a special guest today do you want to say anything do you want to intro yourself a little mm-hmm. bit no you're good same yeah i'm good all right um, so we have team sarah with better homes and gardens real estate medley you got you t- it for compliance reason we have to say the entire thing <laughs> the every entire time thing. you told me it's a mouthful um, and then before we started, I know you kind of gave me some tips on like how many buttons to have undone. You yes. think, you think only one, you think having one undone is too stuffy. Well, I mean, right at the top, too, yeah, right, right at, at the top would be insane, yes, right? Yes. So yeah, two, I think
1: gross. is a little bit too much. Yeah. yeah. And also again, depending on what audience you're trying to attract here, the button's up to you. Right. But, yeah. All uh, right.
0: What are we, <laughs> I look at, <laughs> I actually, oh, you I, did one undone too today. I did <laughs> he, done. he didn't want to be too stuffy. Um, <laughs> uh, what do like, let's say that you're meeting with a client for the first time mm-hmm. and you see they have just all their buttons open. Yeah, yeah. What does that tell you about them?
1: They're probably very relaxed. Well, it's funny because a lot of times your first impressions and then as you get to know people, it does change because people are kind of, you know, it's their, that first impression mm-hmm. type attitude that they have towards people. Um, but it always does, I would say that gives me the idea that they're going to be hopefully somewhat relaxed, probably easygoing, also probably not the most um Organized when it comes to me. Try if it's if it's a buyer trying to schedule showings. They might be a little, you know, <laughs> might be oh, late. Might be late. Might change it up last yeah, minute. Yeah, yeah. But you can't judge judge a book by its cover. You never know. They might be the most um, OCD people you've ever met in your life. You know.
2: That is true. Yeah. What if they have three necklaces on and they're a male?
1: Three necklaces and a veil.
0: <laughs> yeah, what's the max? <laughs>
1: um, well, I won't even let my husband wear one gold chain. so Love I've Love that. I've what? That. Yeah. 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 Why? So, it's just, I don't think it's the vibe that he's going for. Yeah, it's tacky. He may think it is, but it's not. Um, but we just went to Europe recently, so I feel like that also, you know, in Europe that's a little bit more common. Mm-hmm. But, um, but no, yeah, the three necklaces, I mean, I would probably say that they're, um, they probably have a very strong... I don't want to say, e- I don't mean ego in a negative way, but they yeah. probably feel very Confidence. confident. Yes, yes. About themselves. So I would agree with that. And they'll yeah. probably make decisions very confidently yep. as well.
0: Okay, that's good. Yeah. So you love real estate. Love it. Yeah. And you're doing tons of deals all the time. It sounds like you're a top, I know you're a top producer. Yes. What does it take to be a top producer in the real? Because it's, it's kind of a crowded field. Like a lot, it is. there's a lot of people who are real. And I can't remember the statistic, but I saw, that a huge percentage of people with their real estate license haven't sold a house in the last year.
1: Exactly. Yeah, I don't. I don't know the exact numbers this year, um, but especially during COVID, a lot of people got their real estate license. There were more agents actively with their licenses than there were houses for sale. So wild. it was insane. Um, and so you definitely have to be able to stand out among you know the rest. So obviously, the first thing you have to have a strong work ethic. Um, I think you have to be self-driven because anytime you own your own business, you know, you're going to have to make decisions. You can't just sit around and be lazy. And even if you don't have a house to show or have a listing appointment that day, you have to find something to do. So whether that's making cold calls or um, just going through your legion, your CRM, you have to be dedicated and having that routine. So that's a huge part of it as well. And then, um, real estate is also it's marketing it's advertising yourself and so finding unique ways to market yourself um, to the public so that you get their attention um, is has been probably what I feel like I've been very successful doing
0: and there's a little bit of chaos involved because buyers are picky sellers are picky mm-hmm. the pro it's a long process it's it not is. like selling a car where the person comes in and you sell it it's right lawyers and and inspections and all mm-hmm. kinds of things. Mm-hmm. So what's the trickiest part that you think you found?
1: During like a, a whole real estate transaction? Just in general
0: as a realtor, what's the part that you were like, I did not expect this part to be this hard?
1: Um, I think the emotional aspect of it was something that no one can really prepare you for. Um, I tell new agents all the time that um, real estate is not only the biggest financial transaction that most people will make in their life, it is also the most emotional financial decision that they're going to make. So like you said, it's going to take time a lot for a lot of people, especially buyers when they're looking at homes to make sure it you know fits their needs, their wants. It's it's very emotional. Same thing with the sellers when they decide to sell, especially if they've been living in the house for a really long time, these decisions become very emotional. And then those emotions are very charged when once we get A contract accepted, but maybe inspections don't go great, or there's an appraisal issue or a deed issue. Anytime there's a small issue, it just becomes so much bigger just because everyone is so emotionally invested in the transaction.
2: Yeah. So, what I'd love to hear your story on, like, what got you into real estate? Where where did that all start?
1: So I um, was a stay-at-home mom for several years. Prior to that, I worked in an office while my husband was in law school. Um, I was a music performance major, which uh, wow. did not do uh, much with that, obviously. Wow. But um, were you like singing? What
0: instrument? I was yeah. just going to ask what
2: instrument you think she played.
1: Yeah, we'll let you guess.
2: Were you so? while well, we ha- all right. So voice? Are we counting voice your, in this? Or your your vocals?
1: Your vocals are an instrument. So you tell me.
2: I pegged as a singer right out of the gates, but then I started. Th- Thinking maybe flute.
0: Um, I'm. <laughs> I, th- I was gonna. I think you're. A, I would say wind instrument. I would say clarinet.
1: Okay. Well, um, you're actually right on both counts. So I don't. <laughs>
0: wow. <laughs> you got it. That is that on film. Good.
1: So I. I went to school. I, I was. I uh, played the flute. So I was a flautist. I also mm-hmm. do sing a lot. Doing like I used to do a lot of musical theater stuff like that. I don't do that anymore now that we have kids. Yeah. Um. But yeah. So. Yeah. So you, you so, win.
2: Nice. Now, so you, you were state you oh,
1: sorry. You graduated yes. with that
0: and then you yeah, and kinda get us into the real estate. What's uh, what kind of song? I wanna hear a little more about singing. You I just can I you mean, give us a little number?
1: Oh <laughs> my gosh. I don't I really I'd love to, <laughs> oh, yeah. but I think I'd have to just warm you up, need some hot oh, tea. Yeah. All it's All a right. whole big All plastic. right. I don't want to strain your vocal yeah, next time. Yeah, next right, be fair I'll enough. be prepared. All right. Um, but so I, I was a stay at home mom. I have, we have two, my husband, I have two beautiful little girls. And after our second daughter was born, I knew I wanted to get back to work. My husband had a very, um, he's an attorney, so he works a lot of hours, especially as a you know new attorney at his firm. Um, and so I had to find a job that had some sort of flexibility so that I did. And also I didn't want to be in an office all day sitting at a desk and real estate kind of felt very natural for me. I've always enjoyed sales in some aspect. And so I got my real estate license. I actually took my exam on my daughter's first birthday, um, my youngest. So uh, I really had the intention of it just being a little bit of a side gig, having some extra, you know, money and also giving me something to do um, outside of the home. And I would say after the first two years of that, things really started to build um, very naturally and organically. And By year, between year three and four um, was when we started really hitting marketing on social media a lot more. And um, during those years, the the business, again, continued to build to where then my husband um, started to step in. He's now um, the COO of Team Sarah. He also handles all of our operations and marketing. And then we also do a lot of video and, and drone footage for all of our listings and stuff like that. Um, so he's very heavily involved in that as well. He's still an attorney full-time, so he does no this in the evening. So does he we do just, your,
0: can he do all your closings and things like he that? He doesn't do
1: that. He doesn't do real estate law, um, but he uh, he handles a lot of our marketing um, as well. And so anyways, years three and four got super, super busy, started to build a team um, within the past two years. And so now I've been doing real estate now for just over seven years, and um, it's been I mean, I tell people all the time. No one is more surprised by my success than me, um, but I absolutely love it.
0: That's
2: awesome. Was HGTV ever an inspiration? Like when you were like stay-at-home mom and thinking. I
1: think so. I mean, I think that everybody loves to watch those shows. I, love those I mean, shows. they're just addictive. You can Ooh. sit down thinking you're going to watch one or two episodes, and next thing you know, it's been four hours. Right. And you're like, where did my where did my afternoon go? Yep. Um, so yeah, I love. I've always loved all of those shows. The you know, House Hunters and. Um, Joanna Gaines shows, and just all of that. Yep. It's very appealing.
2: Yep. I love the Million Dollar Listing yes. show. Oops. My wife's into Selling Sunset. You yeah, watch that at all? Yeah, I
1: do. I'm glad you mentioned Million Dollar Listing. I actually got to meet Ryan Serhant. He's no one way. of my mentors. So That's awesome. Um, in December of 2019, right before, of course, COVID, my husband and I were in New York, and we Ryan Serhant has an amazing course, not just for real estate agents, but for anyone who owns their own business. And but it's obviously heavily focused on real estate. And um, we had joined the course and like read his book. And so we just sent him an email and I was like, hey, I'm a real estate agent. I'm in New York. I would like really love to just meet you, shake hands and exchange business cards. He emailed me back within less than an hour and was like, come on by. And <laughs> just
2: stopped by his place, just stopped, no way. went to
1: his office as the same one that was on TV at the time. Cause I think now they've like switched offices a couple of times and got to meet like some of his producers and like That's people awesome. on his team, his media. And then I got to meet him. He is so tall yeah. and I think it really like, like my husband's pretty tall, but he was really tall i i just completely like became overwhelmed i was like right. oh my gosh like you are so tall and so put together and you are ryan Serhan sitting here with me and it was a very cool experience um and since then i've been lucky enough to be on a couple of other like zoom calls with him and stuff like that from the course um but that's that that's been a really cool opportunity and he's an a, a, Fantastic mentor for anybody in real estate. I
2: feel like it doesn't get much bigger than Ryan. Like there's, I forget, who's the guy out in LA that. Johnson. Johnson. Yeah, Altman. Yep, yep, Altman. And then who's the Swedish guy? He's. He kind of does both. But yes, I, th- I don't think
1: he's on the show anymore. Oh, he's done. Yeah, I think he. I think he stepped away from it. I'm he not was sure. a little too
2: wild. Yeah, yeah. But big I, personality. Yeah, one of the things I. I mean, the big thing I noticed with them is their personal brand. Mm-hmm. Is that something that you've tried to really work hard on? Yes. Is like building that personal brand.
1: Personal brand is so important. It's something that we talk about a lot with our team and with other agents as well. Um, people want to work with someone that they like, and your personal brand is going to tell somebody who you are, you know, what's important to you, what your core values are. And social media is such a great way to get that out in front of people.
2: Yeah. Now, do you, um, when you go to deals, what mm-hmm. are the main things that you look for to see if it's a good fit for you? Like, are there certain things that, that um, when you show up, say you're going to try to get a listing to mm-hmm. sell, mm-hmm. that you might walk up to it and go, this just doesn't seem like a good fit? Or is your pre-work kind of filtering some of that stuff out.
1: There's some pre-work that I do, uh, uh, you know, up front before I meet with somebody, whether it's a buyer or a seller to make sure that it's an area that I think I can adequately service. Um, the Columbia MLS is the biggest MLS in our state. It's huge. So it's not just Columbia and Lexington and like, I mean, it's Lexington and Newberry and prosperity right. out to Blythewood and Canada. So it's a, it's a huge MLS system. Um, and so I'll know, you know, once someone gives me their address and what they're looking to do, I'm going to probably know beforehand if it's going to be a, a pretty good fit. Um, but the biggest thing, again, kind of goes back to that emotional connection with people. I don't expect for everybody to be my best friend when I meet with them, especially given different pe- people's different personalities. Um, but I usually have a pretty good radar when I leave an appointment if I'm going to be working with, with that yeah. person or not.
2: So yeah. Do be like I always wonder, do people interview a lot of realtors when they're going to sell a house?
1: I would say oh, yeah. um usually yes. I usually am told that maybe maybe one other realtor, okay. sometimes maybe two others. Um but again with that personal brand um, is where it comes so becomes so important because I do have a lot of people who just who just call me. Yeah. And that's they say, hey, I've seen your stuff. You sold my neighbor's house. I saw you do this, right. I saw your billboard. We want to work with you. But I, I do always expect there to be some sort of competition.
2: And then when working with your husband, so tell us about that transition where, um, I guess, so he's still doing the, fu- he's still doing full-time? He is a full-time, full-time attorney. Full-time attorney. Yeah, yeah. And what what kind of uh, law does he practice? He does
1: insurance defense. Insurance? So, yep, yep. Okay.
2: Mm-hmm. So when you, when when you guys started working together, tell yep. us about that and how that kind of happened.
1: My husband and I are very different personalities, so it was definitely a little bit of a learning curve to figure out, you know, how to work work together. We can live together, you know, that's not a problem, but working together is a little right. bit different. Um so it started out with him just helping me with my social media. That was easy, you know, and not a lot. Um when I first started doing video like for videos for my listings, he um we used to pay an outside videographer who was also working for other um, right. real estate agents, which was great. He was very talented, but the problem was I wasn't getting videos back as quickly as I needed them. I had no real um, input on what music was used or sure. different shots. You know, if something yeah. needed to be re- you know, edited a certain way. And, and we were paying him a lot of money. They were expensive. So my husband who again has never had any background in any sort of media was like, I think I'm going to learn how to do video. And I, I was like, Oh, okay. <laughs> I mean, uh, I guess if you want to try, you can. So it was a bit of an investment. He spent about six months studying it, learning how to use everything, and now he does all of our media. He does
2: drone and all that stuff?
1: Drone and video. He doesn't do just photography, but he does all of our other media now.
2: I've seen some of those where they do almost like a walking video 3D – I don't even know. What, is that a three mm-hmm. D tour? Maybe. Yeah. Is that yeah. something he does? Or is that like special equipment? That's a
1: program that you just, okay. that a lot of agents will buy into. Honestly, I can't remember the name off the top of my head. Yeah. Where their agents going to be screaming if they see this? So, uh.
2: Sometimes those are cool, but sometimes they're a pain. Like yeah. I, I don't know if you get yeah. a good bearing of yeah. what things look like.
1: We like to do our videos. I mean, the the purpose of the videos again is to highlight the home and to just bring out something unique about it, so that people are talking about it. Yeah. Instead of just a you know, just here's the house, walk through, here's the rooms. Mm -hmm. So, but he did that. And then, um, things just, again, as the business has built and as the, and has grown, he's just, you know, taken on a few more tasks as well.
0: Nice. So he's a, like lawyer and photographer aren't usually (laughs) combos. Videographer. Videography. So he doesn't take the photos, but he he does the the videos. Mm -hmm.
1: Okay. Yeah.
0: Um, and then so 2 years ago kind of when all this covid stuff hit there was yeah. this weird point when or I guess 3 years now mm-hmm. when people probably weren't buying banks didn't know if they should be lending mm-hmm. what it looks like and then things skyrocketed yeah. for 2 years Out where of there nowhere. was and yeah. even here I I remember um talking to realtors and they would mm-hmm. be like there's people from New York coming here paying 30% over ask mm-hmm. in cash mm-hmm. and they don't care so anybody local was like yeah. I can't find a I can't there's no way I could find a house because yeah. I have to get a loan from a bank and everybody's offering cash and they're yeah. offering so far over. And now it feels like things are changing. Yeah. I've I feel like when you look at the listings there's more listings, they're mm-hmm. staying on for longer, interest rates keep going up. Mm-hmm. So in your kind of opinion, what's what's the vibe from people as this is changing?
1: Yeah. So you're absolutely right. When COVID first hit, I remember sitting there thinking, well, <laughs> I'm not going to make any money now. Who's going to go outside and look right. at a house? Yes. And within a matter of a couple of months, all of a sudden, like when the interest rate started to drop, people just started. It was, it was a truly like a dogfight to get into a house. I mean, really? buyers right. had 15 minutes. There was usually somebody already in there before they got there and somebody waiting when they were leaving. Um, we would have 15 minutes to look at the house. I would probably have be lucky to have three or four hours to get back to my computer to, you know, send them documents that they wanted to put an offer together. And by the time the offer was sent, minimum there'd be at least 10 offers. I mean, I've had some that was 20, 30 plus offers on a house. So crazy. It's crazy. And it was so difficult for buyers. But I promised each and every one of them, trust the process. You know, I I know, especially when you are new to that market as a buyer. You probably don't know what you're getting yourself into, and it might take a couple offers to really get comfortable. All of my buyers eventually found houses, you know? So it all did work out. Now we've seen this shift where interest rates have just continued to climb um, to rates that, quite honestly, I don't think any of us expected them to be at, especially at this right. point. Um, and so that has slowed down buyers' confidence. They're not as motivated as they were before. We have more inventory. But at the same time, inventory was so low, we still don't have a ton of inventory. So it's a very weird um, shift that we're in right now. But what I also like to remind anybody looking to buy or sell is the market is extremely hyper-local right now. So it might be that on one side of town, houses are still selling very well, some with multiple offers. We're not going to have 20 offers anymore on houses. That's not happening. Um, But, you know... One side of town may be getting strong offers where another neighborhood or side of town just aren't, but it's so hyper local that even people, if you're looking in a certain school district and different neighborhoods, one neighborhood's maybe still, still selling extremely hot, others may not. And you just have to, right. it's so important for agents when they're going to help someone buy or sell that they know exactly what's going on in that exact specific market that they're looking to buy or sell in.
0: And people are probably looking for different things now that everything's open, mm-hmm. I would imagine. There mm-hmm. was a time when everybody worked from home. Yeah. So having a backyard mm-hmm. and a home office and all mm-hmm. these things mattered a lot. Mm-hmm. Is that still a thing?
1: I think it is. I think that in the back of everybody's mind, now that we've all lived through COVID, people are probably wondering what if something like this happens mm-hmm. again? Right. You know, and so I think that people do value having either more space or being in a true like community type place where there are a lot of good amenities that people and their families yeah. can use. Um, so I, I think that it's still, despite our best efforts, I think it's in the back of everybody's head.
0: Being, I remember sitting there thinking being in a tiny apartment in Mm -hmm. New York during COVID would have been the worst thing in the entire world. Yeah. Yeah. You have no space. Yeah. You can't go anywhere. Yeah. And you're in a, basically this one building with (laughs) 10,000 other people. It's
1: crazy. I had a, a three story house that I tried to sell prior to COVID in 2019, it was out over in, um, the Indian river area, which is like a yeah. golf course out there. Yeah. New golf course. Yeah. Getting yeah. Oh, yeah. There's a new one. Yes. Yeah. Coming up and, um, or the revamp or whatever it yeah. is. Yeah. I don't play golf, so I don't know <laughs> what it means, but, um, three story house I tried to sell for months. And I mean, everyone was like, it's too big. The yard's too big. The house too big. There's like, I mean, it's too much room. And so my client, you know, got super discouraged and we took it off the market for a little bit. Covid hit, and then all of a sudden, everybody wanted that space. And I told him, I said, "You've got to. We've got to relist your house. I promise you, I will sell it." And we sold it in like you know two, three days with multiple offers. So it was crazy. crazy, Again, like how quickly, with a matter of months, people's mind shift. Yeah, just
2: switched. And then, what about? Do you do anything with commercial real estate?
1: I don't. I've considered dabbling in it, but it's just such a different game in terms of. Just That's the, what I was wondering,
2: because yeah. our expectation was because of COVID, there'd be all these businesses that just couldn't make it mm-hmm. and or had to change their idea of space that they needed mm-hmm. and that there'd be buildings popping up all over the place. But mm-hmm. we just still haven't seen that, it doesn't seem like.
1: I haven't seen it, but at the same time, I think that makes a good point because I I still see, even though I think a lot of people have gone back to the workplace a lot of like newer companies and stuff. Working from home is so easy now mm-hmm. for for a lot of people. I mean, there's some industries that you have to be in person, but right. there's still plenty of you know businesses and industries where you can work from. And then of course, the business where like if it's a store and everybody shops online now instead of going yeah. in, like I would imagine it's had a big impact. But I just don't know as much about commercial. Yeah.
2: And then what are some of the top things if you're trying to sell somebody's house that could increase their value? Like if you went did a walk through and you're like, all right, let's get this thing ready to sell. Mm-hmm. Or somebody wants to sell in the next year so they have some time mm-hmm. to do some bigger things. Mm-hmm. What would be things that just really would ramp up value?
1: The easiest thing first to do is to de- declutter and depersonalize. Um, that, it, And even sometimes people don't realize what that clutter might look like. It's everything right. in bookshelves and on countertops. You know, it's not just like you have junk everywhere. Most people don't live like that. But declutterizing, depersonalizing to a degree, I tell people don't don't take down all of your family pictures, but like you know, if you have a huge wall collage, take down that. Um, so decluttering, depersonalizing is definitely the easiest and cheapest thing that you can do. Um, paint always goes such a long way, especially if you've lived in a home for even you know three to five years. Your walls are going to be worn; Bad, yeah. They're just, they just are. Whether you have kids or pets or or not, um, furniture, everything, it's going to make make that. You know look a little you know dingy and the smell of fresh paint really gives buyers like a really good feeling when they walk through the door um it makes it feel to them like it might be new yeah. um even though it's not
0: are there so,
2: colors of paint that you recommend like so it's cookies because it, it
0: used yeah. to be cookies right be cookies. and now it's the smell of
2: paint and
1: now smell of paint yeah just smell those fumes okay. instead of the cookies <laughs> um but uh paint colors I think we're all done with like the um, agreeable gray. I have a lot of contractors and painters that tell me please don't have anyone paint agreeable Just gray. Just everything anymore. gray.
2: It used to be ev- yeah. I mean even
1: the floors, you know like the yep. everything was gray. So I think mm-hmm. we're getting away from that. Yep. Um I love I love white walls. So yeah, like alabaster, great. I that's my favorite color. Um my husband's office though, like we did a cool dark, it's called iron ore. It's like a black yep. everything. Actually, wall. that's
2: one of our, our wall, one of our walls out yeah, there. Yeah. It's
1: it looks it's great. great. Um so uh one of my one of my best friends is an interior designer and um we were actually just talking about exterior colors yesterday and I can't remember the color that she told me, but now there's this more dark, neutral, almost like green it <laughs> like with the greenish hue, that's starting to come in a lot now. Yeah. Um so yeah.
2: You know how Randy picks his paint colors? <laughs> Ow. He goes to Lowe's or Home Depot, their sale section,
1: uh-huh, uh-huh. and
2: just whatever colors they are, he gets a tub and he dumps them all into the tub, mixes, mixes it, it, up, it up. And
0: then that's what sometimes he does. it's great.
1: It sounds like a very um, risky process, right. but without risk, there's no and reward. That's so. what
0: I always thought. And I was like, mm-hmm. even if I hate it, it's just the first coat. Do you really you can do that? Cover. Did. I did. <laughs> I got to show that. you pictures of his house. It had three <laughs> yeah, colors of paints on it, and he was going. It was like it turned
2: into this like puke
0: brownish green yeah. color that, yeah. that this mixture was. And then I repainted it. Great, of course. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's okay. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't seem fair that it's only three to five years that you get with paint colors. I like I feel like we need seven to eight. And actually, so painted white brick. Yeah. It's hot right now. Yeah, it is. But how long is it going to be hot for?
1: I think that painted white brick is a little bit timeless, depending on what kind of white you do. So, like the stark white, I think that that's out or yeah. going out. Um, I love um, the um, the German schmear look on on brick, where it's like um, you
2: can kind of see some of the brick yeah, through it. I German schmear. That.
1: Yes, look it up.
0: I don't know what that is, but I will.
1: Yeah, it's I, that's a great. It's very just again it. It makes it look like an older, you know, more established home, even though it's new. That's really cool. But I think it's all about what what color you're talking about, what color white. But I'm also seeing a lot of, not brick homes, but, um, well, some brick, but mostly like hardy plant homes that are being painted darker colors, which I really love because yeah. I just think it's just so different. Yeah, so, yeah.
2: Is more bathrooms better? Like, is there a point where too many bathrooms are a thing?
1: I think if you have, I've had some houses that have more bathrooms than bedrooms. Yeah. And I think mentally to buyers, it's weird.
2: Yeah. Like if you Just see a house that paper, that's
1: listed, even. yeah, with four bedrooms, but seven bathrooms. Like, right. why so many bathrooms? Now, granted, some of them are half bathrooms. But I do think that there is, that, you know, we went through a time where maybe um, two or three bedrooms shared one bathroom. I think it's important that, for like if you have three three guest bedrooms, you need two bathrooms. A right. house that only has that one guest bath for three bedrooms, that's really hard for families now.
2: And is that a pretty big value add? Just if somebody mm-hmm. could, like if they're planning to sell their house, they would just mm-hmm. try to find a spot to put another bathroom, yeah. a half bath. Yeah. Anytime you add square footage, I guess that's always a good thing. Yeah. But is there a way to – do some math, I guess, mm-hmm. on if you want to add, say, a, a bedroom and a bathroom, mm-hmm. you find the cost of that mm-hmm. and then figure out how much that would improve your – is there some sort of equation people could yeah, use? Yeah, I
1: mean, you, you may not get necessarily all of your money back depending on what kind of project it is, what kind of finishes you're putting into it, and do the – the finishes that you're putting into it match the rest of the house and what the value of houses around you're selling for. So there's some things you have to think through, but yeah, if you're adding square footage, I always tell my, um, I work with some investors that, you know, flip homes um, or just someone who's wanting to do an add on before they sell. I just tell them like, be conservative with it again, like we'll run the comps. I'll show them, you know, What they would probably get for their home if they added a certain amount of square footage, and then just of course always that means don't blow the budget. If you know that you might um, increase the value of your home by, let's just say twenty five thousand, don't spend twenty five thousand on the renovation. You know, Mm -hmm. spend like seven to ten if you can, or whatever it's going to cost. So you know, be smart about it.
0: What about pools?
1: So pools are a very hot topic, Um, and I don't want to overstep acting like I am an appraiser because I'm not, but most appraisers will tell you that pools are not going to add any value to your house, Great. but it does add, um, I think just interest for people that want to buy your house. So if you're going to put a pool in, don't plan on getting that money back necessarily. Um, if you're going to be selling the home in the next two to three years, you probably won't see a return on that. But I mean, we live in Columbia. It is so hot outside. Mm-hmm. We put a pool in our house and it's the best thing we did. So yep. yeah.
2: Yep. What is there anything that um, if you're if you're you have a buyer any weird features that somebody's wanted like a movie theater I mean I guess some of these aren't weird but but like a golf simulator what's like the weirdest thing
1: um, I oh. have had people want golf simulators um, I've had people I know I've had weird things. And now that it's I'm put on the spot. Well,
2: anybody ago. want one of those Fifty Shades of Grey rooms? No,
1: I haven't had that. <laughs> I I that ha-
2: that's what I was thinking too. And I, I, knew I have you were walked into some rooms and I see
1: stuff uh, screwed into the that. ceilings, and, and I'm like, What was? What's what was this? Yeah. What was that? <laughs> um, but like uh, some people, I I have had again probably since COVID. Like people want like these like safe rooms, which is fine, you know. But some people are like very concerned about having like a they want like a certain safe room or uh,
0: like a vault. Yeah, or like if there's a yeah. There's nuclear explosion.
1: Yeah. but some people that want a space to be able to store like a lot of dry goods. Again, this was like the past few years. Um, Mm -hmm. People that would be able to like store a lot of stuff just to, just to have, just in case, um, that's always kind of interesting, um,
2: any stripper poles or anything like that?
1: I don't see any stripper really? poles around here. I know. Yeah. It's a shame. I'm surprised. Shame. Randy, yeah. don't you have one?
0: I I would pull it in. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. <I> <laughs> how about, I need ba- to get my cardio
2: up. I need to fit, I need to work on my strength. <laughs> um, how about basements? So mm-hmm. in the South, we, we are off or we're from the North. Are you from
1: mm-hmm. here? I'm from Columbia. Oh, you yeah, are? Yeah. You
2: are? Yeah. I'm Okay. So you, did you have a lot of relationships then here? Like when you,
1: yes and no. Um, so I was just telling you earlier, I literally live, grew up right around the corner from here. No way. Right up on North Springs Road. Yeah. It's wild. Anytime I come back to this side of town. I live in Lexington now, but um, I am from Columbia originally.
2: Nice. Mm-hmm. So basements. Since mm-hmm. we came from the north, like you just, you had a, everybody everybody had a basement. Everybody has a basement. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Do you, where are they in the south? And do you ever walk into houses and and see that?
1: Yeah, so there are a good amount of basements. Really? A lot of lake properties are going to have basements just because there's a slope going down. You know, as you go towards the lake, so
2: like a walkout kind mm, of like thing. a walkout yep. basement, yep. and and
1: that's what you're going to see is pretty much just walkout basements. If there's no you
2: know, true, which like isn't no really true. a basement.
1: Really, you don't think so? Because
2: I have, a, you, well, I have a walkout. Yeah. Yeah, that's not. But, a but basement. yeah, I don't know if I'd call
0: it the basement. Like, really? It's almost like I call it the first floor. A basement really? has to be fully underground.
1: Oh. Wow. Or at
0: least. At least how we had it yeah. in Canada where I grew up. There mm-hmm. had to be enough space between the ceiling and the the ground level that there yeah. could be a window that you could climb out of if yeah. you needed to. Oh, my goodness. Window. No, so it,
1: yeah. I guess then know. we don't have any of those kind of basements now that you're talking about it. Because I've always – I mean, always just thought of a basement as just a true – like a walkout basement is a basement.
0: And it's, and they're really yeah. just places for water to accumulate yeah. and cause mold. Yeah. So I, I don't miss – basements. Yeah. I can't yeah. say that, but it, but it adds a lot of square footage and it a lot does. of storage and it just without really having to do anything else yeah. other than just you dig out the bottom and yeah. finish it up.
1: Yeah. I, um, I have a lot of clients that come here from up North or from, um, out West. And I, I do get a lot of people who ask me, you know, about basements because yeah. they, they're just so used to it. Because
2: so. in our mind, it was like a nice like bonus area. It mm-hmm. almost felt like, okay, like, mm-hmm. I didn't really think of the basement as a thing, but like you, everybody wanted one mm-hmm. in the north. This it was is like where your parents room. told you to go
1: uh,
0: when you're <laughs> being too loud. Yes.
1: I feel like around here growing up, if you had a basement, you were rich. Like as a right. kid, like as like an eight, nine-year-old kid, you're like, oh, you got a basement? Right. Okay. You're doing really well.
2: Yeah. So, I could see that. Yeah. Now, let's talk about offers. Yeah. When people put in offers, is, is there anything sneaky to, like, guarantee that you win? And it was a big thing around COVID mm-hmm. where I thought I heard somebody, they were trying to put a bid on a house, and they put they snuck something in their offer where it automatically, inc- whatever the top um, mm-hmm. bid was, mm-hmm. Their offer would automatically do 5,000 more or something like that. So
1: that's called an escalation clause. And they became extremely popular during COVID for exactly that reason. So um, a house is listed for $250. And you know that really it's probably only worth $260. But someone else has already put an offer at $260, you know, maybe even $265. So you talk to your clients and you say, okay what amount of money are you willing to put up front if this, if you really want to get this house? So you could say that your offer, you could even put your offer in at 250 if you wanted to and say, we're going to give an escalation clause up to 265. So a thousand dollars higher than the next competing offer. So if someone puts in at 263, we'll pay 264 and you get the math. Yeah. Um, and that, that was a really smart way to be able to, you know, hopefully get a seller's attention. Now, a lot of Agents didn't really love it because, again, it like you said, like sneaky is probably a good word yeah. for it. Um, because some people would, some sellers would say, if you want the house, I like, just just pay that amount. Why do we have to play this game? Right. Right. Um, but it did protect buyers from all these multiple offer situations, constantly getting beaten up. Where if they didn't have to put down an extra fifteen grand, then they didn't have to. Yes. So maybe right. someone only put an offer of two sixty five, and they only paid two sixty six for that. You know what I mean? Like it just kind of helps. You know.
0: Yes. the out. final and best yes. thing was – because I, I would always hate that if yeah. I was putting in an offer. But if yeah. I could just say,
1: yeah,
0: here's my max, but yeah. I only want to pay $1,000 more, then, yeah. you, then you may not even go to your max. Exactly. It's a no-brainer.
1: Yeah, yeah.
2: What about um, strange things that people would want added into their deal? Yeah. Like maybe a tree or uh, – a boat, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. like anything that you've come across where you're like, yeah, I don't know why you want that, but I can try to structure that in the deal.
1: I've had people that want to buy houses fully furnished, which is not very common in our market. Um, I'm sure it is in a lot of other like higher end and luxury markets, but it just doesn't really happen here very much. Um, I have had people want to throw in, you know, a boat. Um, We've had people, we've actually, I would say on the opposite, I've had sellers who want to take stuff that they they should leave, like a tree. People are very protective over their plants, I have learned. Um, I actually recently right. had some sellers who took up some flowers. And I mean, I felt terrible because she was like, they were my grandmother's flowers. And she's also like very old. So these flowers have been around for quite a while. So she's like, they're, you know, they're my grandmother's flowers. So I wanted to take them. And she's like, I'll reput this the exact same type of flower, but just not right. my grandmother's flowers. And um, the reason that I was alerted to it was because the buyer happened to drive by and saw her doing it, which is why I called to ask what was going on.
0: Yeah.
1: So I called the buyer back. I was like, hey, no big deal. Like, Those are her grandmother's flowers, but she's going to put the exact same ones in. Like, no worries. And they're like, no, we want those flowers because oh that's what we bought the house with and they're going to put in other flowers and they're going to die and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, okay.
2: <laughs> sure. So I was like,
1: great. So I called her. I was like, so sorry. Going to have to leave your grandmother's oh, flowers. No. I'll take pictures it, for you every year and send them to you when they bloom. Um, so, you know, it was, that was stuff like that can get kind I feel of, like again, I, emotional.
2: Yeah. yeah. I would probably wait like a month after they moved in and then just go back in the night in the and night. dig them
1: up. Yeah. Yeah.
2: I had a right? couple palm
0: trees that I was really attached to at my house. Yeah? <laughs> <laughs> I, did, I did, honestly, and I brought them with me. Uh,
1: yeah, I've, I've had some very, very interesting things. Again, the, it's really more of, I think, what sellers want to take and then what they, everybody just argues about. And I'm like, y'all, we're arguing over – people love to argue about a fridge i'm like sellers right. you do not want to move a fridge you're gonna throw your back right. out like you do not want to because if you want to move that fridge you also probably don't want to have to pay to have it moved you want to do it yourself you're trying to save some money don't do it you're going to damage something you're going to hurt yourself like leave the fridge like let's just call it what it is you know
0: yeah I, tom's hoa has fights over oh. what types of flowers you can have oh gosh and there was a lady with fake flowers. Planted outside. Planted outside. Really? And it turned into a fiasco at the HOA meeting. we uh. got a meeting tomorrow I'm excited <laughs> about. The problem is- I
1: might go with you just I to know.
2: just watch. Well, I did a bad thing. I painted my house uh-huh. without permission.
1: Yeah. They'll get you.
2: Yeah. And I was told not to. And there was this whole thing. So now I'm on like the other side where people are- I think my whole neighborhood's pissed off at mm-hmm. me. But we had to rewrite the, I had to pay for rewriting the bylaws via a fairly large fine. And now, like, we're going to go into this meeting and we're, I think either my wife or I is going to run for something so we can try to get on the board.
1: Smart, yeah.
2: And then just start, I, it, there needs to be more fun in my neighborhood, number one. <laughs> like, I feel like when we want to start a whole committee on just yeah. fun. Because yeah. everybody walks around trying to find, like, stuff like that. We're like, mm-hmm. I, I, I don't even know if I'd be able to point out fake flowers. Yeah. Um... But it's what are your like do people what's the biggest HOA in Colombia that you've come across where you're like selling a house and you're like well let me let me let you know like this HOA is either expensive or yeah. a big pain in the ass.
1: Well, expensive-wise, I live over in Salud River Club, and that's probably one of the most expensive communities in terms of HOA. Now, you get a ton with that, and the the community is fantastic. I mean, I live there, and Mm -hmm. I absolutely love it. Um, And they have a pretty strict ARB, Architectural Review Board, if you want to, like, paint or make changes. But I have truly found just from like I'll like if I'm talking to if I'm dealing with a seller and maybe they, you know, put the wrong, um, they they put something outside, you know, like a for sale sign or something um, and they'll text it to me that they, you know, someone on their neighborhood Facebook page is like blowing them up. So I feel like those neighborhood HOA Facebook posts, like arguments, I think they're everywhere. I don't think it's like just a few communities. I think it's everywhere. Yeah. Because okay. nobody can just be happy and everybody has to worry about what everybody else is doing.
0: Right. I had when I painted I my house green, I had neighbors that were complimenting it. <laughs> yeah. And I had neighbors that were pissed. Yeah. So like I'm at the end of the day, I'm like, why would those nine people on the HOA yeah. get a choose? Cause really it was yeah, it was pretty split yeah. on who at least who told me they liked it or didn't
1: yeah. like it. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Now, are you into real estate investing at all, like as a side thing?
1: Um, we have not started to invest in real estate. It's something that we are more just exploring and figuring out when the right time is going to be for us to. But I do work with a lot of investors, um, so I'm very familiar with with the process and looking for those hidden gems. So
0: yeah. duplexes, three, like we were- Yeah. Would, and they're just duplex, so hard three-plex. to-
1: So hard to come yeah. by here. They just don't, I mean, there's hardly any of them. The ones that do go for sale- they're either a total dump or they sell in a day because right. it's investors, cash buyers that are buying them. Um, so they're very, and I, I'll i I'll, I'll have some clients here and there that are new to buying. They're like, hey, we want to buy a duplex. So we can run out one sign. I'm like, well, that's probably not going to happen. Right. But we'll try. Um, but it's probably not going to happen. So I kind of have to explain to them why. Like right now, I think the other day when I looked over our entire MLS, I want to say there were like 13 duplexes for sale no total. No
0: kidding. I've, and I've seen that too. Every, and yeah. and some of them are ridiculous. Re- ridiculously expensive.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: For like you would never make the rent yeah, back yeah. for what they want. Yeah. What what's your take on the North Main area? Do you think that's going to be an up and coming? I know they have the Ball Street stuff that's yeah. coming, but I keep hearing that North Main area is going to keep
1: I think keep so. Changing. Um I mean I I get a lot of clients that are looking everywhere in like Elmwood and Earlwood mm-hmm. and Town, And they just, you know, I think they just naturally start to push up north, you know, block by block. Yeah. So eventually Yes, it will be my husband in undergrad. He went to South Carolina and um he lived on Confederate Avenue and um which is over in I guess it's Elmwood Park. Um but that when he lived a, over there like it was, you know, kind of it was, it was a lot of renters, a lot yeah. of college kids out there. Mm-hmm. Um and we actually drove by it recently because our kids were in the car, and they were like, "Let's go see where dad used to live." And so we drove by it and um, it is such a nice street now and all and it caught my attention because a a client of mine wanted to look at the house that was right next door to the house that he used to wow. live in, and it was for sale for a crazy amount. I was like, wait a second. Right over here on Confederate? you got to be kidding me. So we went right. and logged in. Sure enough, it was uh, it is really blown up over the years. Yeah,
0: that's my feeling, too. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of that kind of downtown area yes. keeps yeah. creeping like block by block yeah. where people are moving in and mm-hmm. they want to be downtown. Mm-hmm. And I And I've kind of heard a little bit of talk, I guess, and more from the university about how they're trying to keep more of the young professionals in columbia so there's this big group they're saying Mm -hmm. we have all we have this huge university we have this graduate program we have all these people who are educated and Mm -hmm. stay and would stay here Mm -hmm. we just need to figure out the jobs for them
1: yeah need to figure out the jobs and also just the living situation because there are so many student housing buildings every time i see something that looks like it might be a condo go up it's student housing which is great for the university but for those young professionals I mean, a lot of young professionals, if they're gonna live in a city, they might not want a single family home. Mm-hmm. They want they right. might want a condo. And there's just again, there's no. just nothing. Yeah. Um, there's a very few that that they can choose from. Yep.
0: Yeah, yeah and, and that makes it walkable too. When you have big exactly. apartments, big condos, then you yeah. have enough people in an area for businesses yeah. and then you have like kind of a downtown walk.
1: Exactly. If you want Main Street to thrive or the Vista yeah. or you know, any they need to put more condos versus apartments so that people can invest in their city and in their homes.
2: Mm -hmm. Now, imagine your phone's always on. Mm -hmm. Do you, like, are you one of those that always are answering it and easy to get a hold of? Mm -hmm. What's kind of your policy on that? And do you, at night, do you shut it off? Because I feel like Ryan also, he's like a big, like, he answers it all the time. Yeah, yeah. At least on the show.
1: I do. I don't know if you saw uh my husband just posted we just got back from Europe and my husband posted a ridiculous TikTok of um him every time I had to take a call in Europe he was just drinking, you know, a beer or a like bourbon or yeah. whatever and just, you know, recording it every time. So yes, I if I am available, I'm going to answer my phone. It's very rare that I have my phone on Do Not Disturb unless if I'm in a meeting. Um, I don't turn my phone off usually, so it's usually always on. Now I will say, I mean, if it's if it's after you know ten o'clock, I'm not going to respond to right. an email or anything. But I do on I like responding to emails and texts late right at night. Away. You know, well, right There's away for sure. Can, but yeah. yeah, but if I get a text or email late at night, I'm gonna probably respond to it because I don't have kids pawing at me. You know, I can kind of sit and like think through the mm-hmm. email. So I have no problem responding to stuff at night. Nice. Yeah.
0: I love it when people respond right away. Yes. Especially yeah. I feel like in the realtor game, if if you're excited about mm-hmm. something and they're not yeah. responding for yes. a full day, yes, you're like, wait a minute, what I've been thinking yeah. about this That's nonstop. A great point.
1: And and again, if I'm in like if I'm in a closing my focus is on my client that I'm with. So I may not respond right away, but if I have a quick second where I, where another client is texting me, I might just say, you know, something like if they send me a house, they let me say super exciting. I'm in a meeting. I'm going to call you back. So I always tell my clients that ahead of time too, like, Hey, if I don't return your call or if I don't answer, excuse me, I will return your call. If I don't answer your call or your text right away, just know it's, I'm not ignoring you in, in a meeting, but I'll definitely see it. And I'll get back to it. And again, usually I'll try to, at least if I can't, Truly respond to it. I might just like like it and be like call you back soon or super excited something like that mm-hmm. to make sure they know that I'm on
0: it. You at least really see it, yeah. yeah. Or I'm on Columbia's hottest podcast. Exactly.
1: They call it right, right away. now, sorry. Yeah.
2: Is it a lot of like? Do you have a lot of random phone numbers then that come in? Yeah, yeah. Do you ever like tag something like just on like purple shirt guy at <laughs> construction? I,
1: I will randomly. Um, I, I get a lot of random phone calls. I try to save. I always save my clients' phone numbers. But I don't always save people's phone numbers right away. I put them into my right. CRM so that I have them for me to contact them. But I don't always save them. So if they're not my client and they call me and they call me maybe a month later, I might look at the number and be like, mm, who is this? Yeah. But I usually will answer because luckily now phones can tell you if it's spam. Because I get mm-hmm. spam calls all the time.
2: And, so. then, and then what is it? Yeah, like I guess walk us through a day in the life. Are you an early riser? Do you then hop on and look at the MLS? Mm-hmm. Like what does the day look like for you? An so average
1: day. Average day, I I would say you know, not super early. I mean, I'm usually up between 6.30-ish or so. Um, but I'm going to definitely check my email, see if there's anything that has majorly happened for the few hours that I've been asleep that I need to tend to. Um, I'll always check MLS. So I would like to check MLS at least three times a day. I like to check in the morning. There's not going to be much change in the morning. I like to check it usually around lunchtime. That's when I'm going to probably see the most action and I like to check in the afternoon again. And especially depending on how many buyers I have looking, it's going to depend on how many times I'm checking it in between that. Because sometimes, again, depending on the market, the specific price point or whatever that my client's looking for, I might need to look more than that. Gotcha. Um, so, yeah.
2: That's kind of – and then yeah. um, you build in time for – phones and yep. meetings and
1: so I have um I'll usually spend some time each day I try to I try to time block but again my um schedule is never going to be the same every day so as long as I know that I've set an hour aside at some point to go through my leads reach out to people that I haven't talked to reach out to the people that I might be in the middle of a transaction with and follow up with um so I spend a good amount of time doing that and you sort of follow up um and then I like to set my meetings. Um, I prefer earlier meetings, but most people don't want to meet me until like after lunchtime, you know, especially my clients. They want to like get through their own workday first. So usually the the afternoons are going to be the busiest for me. That's when a lot of my clients, you know, are like, hey, I'm going to take off work early. I'm going to take a late lunch. Can we go look at houses? Can you come meet me about this? So that's usually when I'm, I'm in more in-person stuff is in the gotcha. afternoons.
0: Nice. You drive them in your vehicle?
1: Not really. I have from time to time, yeah. but- I mean, most people already, even if they're visiting here, they've they've rented a car, so it's not really a, a big reason you know, to reason do to that. It. Mm-hmm. I'm also a terrible driver. So <laughs> <laughs> people would – I had one client who was here from um, – he, they were from New Jersey, and when they were first visiting, they were wanting to be on the lake. So it's all these small little winding yeah. roads that I'm just – I'm just getting from point A to point B, just you know, hauling. They're like, "Here's your
2: helmet." <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and
1: he was following me, and I—I I mean, he would always lose me, and I kept telling him, "Like, put it in Google Maps. Like, you'll never lose me if you put me in, if you put the address right. in." But he's like, "No, no, I want to follow you." And at the closing, I'll never forget. He told me, "He's like, Sarah. He's like, you are a fantastic real estate agent. He's like, you should definitely think about a, a, a career in being a race car driver." <laughs> he's like, "But he's like, I'm going to tell you, he's like, you're a terrible driver." And I was like, "Yeah, let's that's a that's tracks, funny. yeah." Mm-hmm.
2: And then, is there a good day of the week that somebody should list or look for a property? Like, is there a.
1: Yeah. A lot of experts will say list towards later in the week. Um, that's typically when we do see a bigger increase in listings. So, pr- t- starting on Wednesday, we'll start to see more listings today as opposed to Monday or Tuesday, typically. Um, I think, again, the mentality of buyers who may not be able to take off work or may not, you know, may have kids and just not be able to go look at houses in the afternoons or in the evenings, they're looking towards the weekend. And so usually Wednesday, Thursday, and, and on Fridays when they're starting to look and say, okay, what's available? What can we yeah. go see?
2: And are like the, like Zillow and realtor.com and that kind of stuff, are though you, do you like when people are looking at that stuff? It or is there anything you recommend? It
1: doesn't bother me when people do. Um, Cause I know that Zillow is just a beast and, People use it. Everybody. I have Zillow on my phone. Everyone has Zillow. So it doesn't bother me. And people can text me Zillow links and I'll still pull up on MLS. I always tell them, hey, the information on Zillow may not be 100% accurate. Let me see what it says on MLS because there's some stuff you just can't see on Zillow um, or realtor.com. But it, it never bothers me. There are some agents that prefer you use like Home Snap or something. I don't really care. I, I'll always still send clients homes through MLS, um, through our own system. But if somebody wants to send me something from somewhere else, it's fine.
0: Nice. What about foreclosures? Mm -hmm. Are you seeing a lot of those and do you sell any of those?
1: We – well, we haven't had any. Up until recently, they've started – we started to see more. Um, We had, prior to COVID, foreclosures all the time. It's just, again, like I think it's one of those things where in theory it's great, but you don't think about – someone's financing, they may not qualify to be able to buy a foreclosure home. You may not have the time because it does take a lot more time. You're not going to be able to use the same state contract that we have that protects you as a buyer. You're not going to have those same protections with the contract through the bank or the um, company that is facilitating the the sale. So unless if you're a cash buyer um, or investor, I always try to educate people and tell them to do some homework on it before we start looking at a bunch of foreclosures because nine times out of ten, it's just it's too much work for them, and it's just not going to work.
0: Where is there a certain site that you like for foreclosures?
1: Um, I guess it's like auctionbid or something like that, dot .com. Okay. People will send, I get links from there for my clients, it's a lot to look <laughs> at, yeah. But there's also some on MLS that will show if it's bank-owned um, short sales, stuff like that. Yep.
2: And then if somebody wants to be a realtor, Mm -hmm. what do you recommend? Like, is there any programs or anything that you did to get to the test locally, like to learn?
1: So the real, getting your real estate license just can be very quick. Um, it's a two week class. If you take it the full, like full day classes, um, Prior to COVID, you had to do it in person. I think now they do have online classes available, so you can kind of do it at your pace. So you can get your real estate license. You can take the test within two weeks, and then you have to take the LLR exam as well. Um, they have uh, um, courses and courses stuff, that, and you stuff can, that they'll send yeah. you. Um, and I'm trying to think of the ones that a few of my team members have done. I can't remember the name of the program that they did, but they all really liked it. So, yeah, I mean, an, anyone who's interested in it, I would say – First, reach out to like the local schools, um, see what they offer. You can also look online. Um, there's going to be a ton of stuff that's going to pop up. Um, the biggest thing is just make sure that it's compliant with South Carolina's real estate course and not, you know, a different right.
2: state. Are there any limitations or advantages if if somebody's like a uh, an investor? Is there an advantage to them getting their license, or or does that even that might even create a disadvantage because I think there's it, certain things you can and can't do?
1: I think it depends if. Um, i've had i have some clients that are investors but they also have other jobs so they don't want to have to do right. real estate the real estate side of it and the investing and, and all of that um, i do have some other clients that over the years have become true full-time investors and they decided to get their real estate license and i think for them it makes sense if you're buying and selling you know 50 percent properties a year, it probably, I mean, unfortunately it probably does make sense for you to Mm -hmm. get your own real estate license. Um, I think it probably still brings some headaches that you'll have to deal with. But, um, in terms of just like on the agent side, representing yourself can kind of be a little, you know, um, difficult sometimes, but I think if, if it's your true business, it, it may make sense for you to do that. But, um, a lot, I would say the majority of the investors that, that I know, still have a relationship with another agent because a lot of times if I have an investor that comes to me and we're going to work multiple deals together, you know, we can work out a structure that, that pleases everybody in terms of, you know, commission and stuff like that.
2: Gotcha. Mm -hmm. And then it's any seminars, books, podcasts, things that you're into or that you, that you read to kind of keep you sharp on everything.
1: Love, um, all of Ryan Serhant's books, his, that was one of the first real estate books that I, that I read. Um, I've. Also, a big Tom Ferry fan. He's like the biggest real estate coach in the world, Um, and so I'm part of his program.
2: What's is he do stuff with his wife, or am I thinking of somebody else? I I think you might think of somebody else,
1: but he's got uh, he's he's got a great uh, program as well. And also, not just the book, but uh, not to continue to talk about Ryan, but Ryan Serhant's uh, course is also really good for for real estate agents. It's simple, it's easy, it's it's a great course. It gives you a lot of like just like basic. Like stuff that you would think, okay, yeah, no, that absolutely makes sense that they don't teach you in real estate school.
2: And that's all online stuff? Or Mm -hmm. do you have to go in person?
1: It's all online. Yeah, yeah. Um, But most brokerages, depending on if you're with a large brokerage, um, a national brokerage, they have a lot of their own courses um, within their brokerage. And they have a lot of um, summits where, you know, everybody flies to Vegas Mm -hmm. or to Orlando or whatever. Um, And they'll have a lot of training and stuff there as well and online videos and everything. So it kind of just also depends on, I tell agents, for new agents, think about what brokerage you want to be in. If you want training, you're going to want to be with a a larger brokerage that's going to have those resources for you that are free instead of having to, like, spend a lot of money that you don't yet have.
0: And what about within the city? Is there anyone who you think we should have on our podcast? I'm sure you meet all kinds of people.
1: Anyone other um, than me?
0: I know. Well, you're going to be the top <laughs> top ranking one here. Um, but maybe in the real estate, like investment yeah, world yeah, or yeah. even um, in the commercial yes. kind of building world or something?
1: Yeah. Um. Well, my broker, David Medley, he does some commercial and land deals, and he actually does a lot of investing, too. He'd be a really um, good person to have oh, on here. Cool. Um. But yeah, I'll have to get you guys a few names. As you can see, I'm great on the spot when people ask me questions.
2: It's a hard question. I didn't it prep is, you for that yeah. one. And then do they teach you guys how to dress? Is there like a thing in in oh. broker world where they – or whoever, where it's like, all right, here's the look that we're going for for our – yeah, or so don't wear or,
1: I think yeah. it's day nine your real estate class you get fitted for a suit and um, large uh, clunky shoes <laughs> I'm kidding um, no they, they Randy
2: was really <laughs> interested I, no I. I he's like oh wait they're gonna I'm, oh that'd
0: be nice maybe I will get my realtor license <laughs>
1: No. um, Yeah, I I would say it used to be, yes, you had to be very like suits and, you know, dress pants and all of that. Like what I'm wearing now is probably what I'll go show houses in later. Um, And I just think that's also kind of just where we're at as a culture where you can be professional and also be comfortable. Um, I have had some agents come to stuff where I'm like, what are you wearing? You know, that just look disheveled. I think just make yourself look clean. Right. And put together and you can have your own style and, and that's okay.
0: Yeah. Well, and you would probably attract a type of person based on your exactly. style, right?
1: Yes. I, I, I totally agree with that.
0: So sometimes, and, and sometimes when I'm, it's funny cause when I'm adjusting people, I can mm-hmm. tell pretty much what their day is going to look like mm-hmm. by what they walk in with. Yeah. So if they're not normally dressed up and they're really dressed up, I know they had big meetings yep. or they had a meeting with their boss or yep. a sales thing or something like that. Yep. Or if they're hair is done a certain way or if all of a sudden they come in and they're in like heels and their nails are done then you know it's it's just a different day.
1: I would say, I would advise agents, don't wear flip flops. Mm. Don't wear I I can't stand right. or like ripped to a meeting. Or no ripped jeans. No, either, I mean, right? I know there's some that are distressed a little bit. I I would not wear like ripped jeans to a meeting. Maybe something that has a little bit of distress or frayed on the edges. What about a hat?
2: What if a realtor showed up in a hat?
1: I, I see a lot of realtors show up in hats. It doesn't really? it doesn't bother me. Yeah. Um again, I think it's something that's just a lot more accepted now in, in our culture and like and i think that that's fine our society if you want to wear a hat to work wear a hat but um i see a lot of people wear hats yeah yeah. brad
2: our videographer showed up to his first interview in a hat
1: yeah
0: and we all were like what is this guy (laughs) that we've never seen that before really i mean it worked it worked for him (laughs) him. yeah it was (laughs) fine (laughs) and it was fine it was
2: just because he's so good looking it just worked but It was one of those things that we're like, oh my goodness.
0: But yeah. I, but there's been multiple people who when we were interviewing for like a front desk mm-hmm. when mm-hmm. they would basically walk in the door mm-hmm. and then I would just be like, yeah. nope. Yeah. <laughs> nope. I,
1: I think things like it drives me crazy. Like if – and again, like as a woman, like if you have your wet hair up in a bun and you're going mm-hmm. to bu- – that I, it, that's a personal thing for me. That's a right. – you'll never yes. see me walking out the door with wet hair. That's just yeah. – it was things. like
0: flip-flop. But like people would show up in like flip-flops in yeah. an oversized sweatshirt. Yeah, I don't like, – yeah, that
1: I would say it's a no-go. Now, yeah. there have been times I'll have a client who will be like, hey, I'm so sorry. I know it's 7 o'clock in the evening. And it's it's usually someone's like in my neighborhood. Be like, can you please get me into this house like within the next thirty minutes? I'm like, well, yeah, but just know I'm like in my pajamas. So I have shown up in like athleisure that that's kind of di- stuff. Yeah, but again, that's, that's like last minute yes. stuff. Yeah. yeah,
2: yeah. And then, what do you guys like to do for fun around Columbia?
1: We love going to different restaurants, breweries. Um, love going out on the lake. We live on the Saluda River, so we like going out on the river a lot. Um, like
2: kayaking?
1: Yeah, well we like to Fishing? just float. Oh no,
2: know. Oh, just float in a tube. I just
1: float in a tube really? with a with a Topo Chico hard seltzer in my hand and I am happy. Topo so, Chico's good. Yes, they're so good. They are addictive. So that that would be my perfect week to be floating down the river with my friends and family. Um, Coming back up, maybe if the weather's right, you know, we have some fire pits, can do some s'mores for the kids, hanging out. Like, it's just, I just like to be outside. That's the biggest thing. If we're going to go to a restaurant, it can be 100 degrees outside. They better have outdoor dining because my husband is going to want us to all sweat it out outside, he's an
2: outdoor, like even in the heat.
1: He wants shade, as oh. long as there's shade, he's fine. Yeah. Now, if we go somewhere that has outdoor seating and there's no shade, then forget it.
2: What's his ethnicity? Is he like a hairy guy? Because I can't, a hairy guy <laughs> does not want to be outside. He does not, no, I can no, tell no, he's you that not, he's not hairy, no. <laughs> he's got, yeah, yeah. Good Say pores, because any time it's like I want indoor yeah. because I'm so, I would be so
0: you're so hairy yeah I'm so hairy yeah. it's yeah. just yeah but it's Italian I, I'm Italian
1: oh uh, okay see I probably sweat more than my husband does so I'm either just yeah just sweating to death yeah. and you know and my youngest bless her heart she's also she's like me she's just she was sweating this morning she was inside I was like what are you doing <laughs> God. I think she was doing some flips on her gymnastic bar but I was like what is wrong with you why are you sweating at ten a.m. indoors yeah yeah.
0: Okay. Um, so tell everyone where where they can find you, how they reach out to you, what your preferences are.
1: Um, you can go to my Instagram. It's at Sarah Bennett Realtor. You could also check out my team. It's at Team Sarah SC, and our website is www.teamsarah.com.
0: And they can see your billboard out see by my the zoo.
1: Billboard by the zoo. You're taking your kids to the zoo this so weekend. Yeah, give you me a have? call. You have
0: one billboard. After? I have
1: that one. I also um, there's one in Lexington. That's one of the. Uh, um, electronic ones that like changes. Nice. Sometimes I'll be on that one depending on what we sign up for. Yeah. Sweet. So, yeah. Cool.
0: All right. Well, thank you for being on the show. Thank Everyone you guys. go check her out. Here. We're here for the health of it. For the health of it.